0: What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? Peace, blessings, opportunities. Big, big, big thank you. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for spinning the black with me. Um, And I just want to send you all a bunch of abundance energy. Abundance of peace, love, happiness, wealth, and most importantly, an abundance of health. Because abundance is the key. To live abundantly. You feel me? (laughs) No, honestly, um, today I really wanted to touch base on the socioeconomic determinants of health because I talked to you about the five components that affect your health, but I didn't go into detail in regards to those determinants in each of those factors. So when we get a better understanding of the determinants itself in each of these groups that directly affect us, we might be more inclined to take action. We might be more inclined to you know, change our, our habits, change our lifestyles. So now one of the first determinants is the um, physical environment. So as I mentioned, the physical environment accounts for 10% of your overall health. But what does that mean? So the physical environment is the environmental quality. What is the water like in your area? What is the air quality? Where you're working, what are the working conditions? Because there's a lot of people that work in factories. I mean, I can remember seeing commercials on TV about if you were ever exposed to asbestos, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, because this is toxic. These chemicals are toxic. And now, if you're somebody that has a weak immune system and you're being exposed to poor environmental quality, then yes, your health would absolutely be affected. And I'm gonna give you an example. So obviously growing up in the hood, low income, more often than not, you're living in an environment that is undeserved, maybe even living in a house that's dilapidated, but we don't think about the things in these environments that would affect us. Now, something as simple as mold Because the area is old or because, you know, um, the area is undeserved or the house is dilapidated. Mold. Something as simple as mold triggers asthma, triggers allergies, causes headaches. So if you're somebody that is prone to being sick a lot, look around. Is your environment in good quality? Definitely something to keep in mind. So now, when we focus on the healthcare piece, that's where I kind of broke down, you know, the genetics and the clinical care, those two together account for 20% of your health. Now, when they look at healthcare in the professional world as a determinant to health, they measure it by access to quality healthcare. But what about access to quality education regarding healthcare? Because we could talk about quality health and access to quality health for till I'm blue in the face. But at what point are people actually receiving quality care? Because let me tell you something. Without equity, there's no equality. And without equality, there's no way that everybody's getting quality care. And I'm sure of it. It's nothing that I need to speculate. I'm sure of it. Because I used to work with a population of individuals that were living with HIV and AIDS and I've seen, I have seen the, the, the lack of quality care, the lack of dignity, the lack of respect based off the person's presentation, based off their medical insurance. So when we talk about access to quality care, how about we focus more on the equity piece? And briefly, equality, we all understand, is having equal access. Yes, we're all equal to have insurance. We're all equal to see a doctor. However, when you have equity involved, equity is allowing certain individuals or groups of individuals to receive maybe more factors or more components that they need to get them the same level of health outcomes as their counterparts. So, as I said, we could talk about equality till we're blue in the face. But again, equality is nothing without equity. So now we go over to the health behaviors, which accounts for 30% of your overall health. Now what those determinants look like is smoking tobacco, drinking alcohol, diet and exercise, unsafe sex. These are all risk factors that, are, that put you at risk for not only contracting other diseases, such as sexually transmitted diseases, um, diet can your diet can lead to other multiple comorbidities. But that's why the health behaviors plays a big role. What are you doing day in and day out? Are you eating healthy? Are you working out? Are you moving your body? Are you protecting your mind? Are you protecting your energy? Yeah, we all know smoking tobacco causes cancer well leads to causing cancer Um, but if you're an avid cigarette smoker have you ever looked at the ingredients that are inside of a cigarette you might want to you might want to start there because just understanding what you're putting into your body might shift the focus might help you be more aware of your addiction and be more inclined to release that energy Diet and exercise, I will always stand by, because I personally don't speak about anything I haven't experienced myself, and diet and exercise has been paramount into my healing journey. Paramount. So, not only for the physical factor of, you know, losing weight and getting toned, but the mental factor. What I've realized, when I don't work out, I'm... Less confident, I have increased agitation, I'm easily annoyed. And you wonder how that affects the mental health because now you're in a state of low vibration, you're in a negative state. So I always like to make sure that I do move my energy and I move my body because I know that whatever it is that's going on in the day or going on in my mind, that's going to be released. So I'm not telling you that you have to work out. You don't have to go lift weights like I do. But definitely find an activity, a physical activity, where you can move your body and release. You know, just release the stress from the day. Release stress that you're not even aware of. Because I don't know how many times I'll walk into the gym one way and I'll walk out feeling unstoppable just because I had a workout. So these really are important in terms of, you know, focusing on that health habit. Understanding that not having something that you can have an outlet for contributes to poor mental health. Because now you don't have an outlet and now you're in your mind all the time. And now you're getting stuck in a constant loop of thoughts, emotions, and feelings. But we'll get there. Now, alcohol use, we all know. A lot of people drink. A lot of people. And I'm not one to judge you because I like to have a drink from time to time. I no longer get wasted like I used to when I was a teenager. But um, it's very important to understand that alcohol strips you. It strips your body. It strips your organs. It just strips you. So, yeah, it's all fun in the moment. You're dehydrating yourself You're You're slowly but surely Destroying your organs You're slowly but surely Destroying your skin And you're slowly but surely Destroying yourself Because if you always feel the need To go out and have a drink Or go out and party It's like oh I had a long day I need to go out and have a drink That's a negative outlet And that's okay, I'm not here to judge anybody. I just want you to understand your own energy and your own healthy habits. Now, (laughs) unsafe sex. This speaks near and dear to my heart. As I mentioned, I was an HIV case manager and I worked with people living with HIV and AIDS for three years. And one of the biggest things that I've realized in my tenure there, I think that's how you say that word, tenure there, was that you don't have to be promiscuous. You don't have to be somebody that quote-unquote sleeps around. And you damn sure, and this didn't teach me this, but you damn sure don't have to be gay. So please understand that the stigmatization surrounding STD testing and HIV and AIDS, it needs to go because it's hurting you And it's hurting black and brown communities way more. It is absolutely hurting. The numbers, if you look up the numbers, you know, the professionals talk so much about getting to zero new infections. But how can we get to zero new infections when the culture and the system of the healthcare in America in itself doesn't even address uh, sexual education, doesn't even address conversations with their primary care providers? Have you ever had a conversation with your doctor about safe sex, safe sex practices? I know I haven't. So who's really, who's really at fault here? I'm not going to put blame on the general public because this is something that is not communicated. This is something that is not taught. This is something that our families don't talk about. So why wouldn't you want to know your status? Why wouldn't you want to know what you're walking around with? get tested, do the community and yourself a favor, and stop the stigmatization, you know why? Because it could be you. And I brought this up because HIV is one of the most lucrative illnesses in the healthcare business. And I say lucrative because once you are diagnosed with HIV, your body is prone, your body is susceptible to every ailment that exists. I have seen people with heart disease, blood pressure, high blood pressure, cancer, HIV related dementia, neuropathy, diabetes, lung disease. There's so much organ, like organ failure. So they're sick, but they're not sick with their HIV. They're sick with the co occurring, I mean, excuse me, with the comorbidities, not co occurring disorder. But I will get there also. Now, When I say this to you, I don't say this to scare you. I say this to intervene. I say this to inspire you to educate yourself. Because like I said, this plays a major role in your health outcomes over the the course of the life trajectory. Now, we're gonna get into socioeconomic factors which account for majority of your health, the 40%. And that's all the systems. So the social and economic factors relate to all the systems. Employment status, education level, income level, community safety, familial and social supports. This all goes down into the systems, every system that exists. So as you can see, everything is interconnected because majority of your health is influenced by where you come from. 50% of your health can be traced back to your zip code. Let that resonate. 50%. That's a lot. So now, of course, you low income, poor education, you're living in low income housing, right? So at what point do we do we put, you know, the timeout sign like let's just call it T and say hey what are the people doing wrong the people aren't doing anything wrong it's the system that's failing and it's been a system that's failing because if you understand especially as a professional please don't be fooled I have been studying healthcare management for a long time almost 10 years I could pull out articles from 7 years ago and they're still talking about the same thing so At what point will we see change? Or are we just going to talk about it until we're blue in the face? I really can't wrap my head around it when I say things out loud because sometimes it's like I'm in a corner to myself and I feel like I'm the crazy one. It's like, no, but I'm trying to help everybody around me. It's important that you start to understand that the system the systems was never designed to, to benefit the hood. was never. It was never designed. Because as you see, I'm walking you through the interconnectedness of every system and how it affects the social, the economic, the physical, the mental, the spiritual, and the emotional. Everything is interconnected. So again... Why is there a separation of health? I don't know. Well, I do know, but I really just be so mind-blown when I think about this. I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a clinician. And um, she brought it up where, you know, she was like, I'm working with these specific population and I see what you're saying in regards to sex education just for an example this isn't taught everything that I am talking about is not taught we are so brainwashed to believe that everything is physical and I'm going to emphasize this and emphasize it because we are more than physical beings we have an emotional body we have a spiritual body we have a mental body, which ultimately affect the physical body. So now if we're only focused on the physical, you realize we'll never get better. Please understand. When you're solely focused on the physical, you will never get better. Disease. 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 Wordplay. Take matters into your own hands. your health first and I know it could be scary because you know you you'll sit here and say well I'd rather listen to my doctor than listen to you that's fine listen to your doctor but how about you listen to you over listening to your doctor no shade to any provider no shade to any medical professional because I do know a lot of medical professionals that are passionate, that are in the field because they actually love it, that want change. I've seen doctors that were amazing. So this is no shade to medical providers, but this is shade to the system. Because it's the system, it all trickles down. Doctors learn what they learn in med school, right? Through med school and experience. But, um med school, curriculums, yeah. That's a system from the education. So let's be honest, when will we change? Can't just change health, you gotta change it all. And that's why I'm inclined to get you to be your own healthcare advocate, to be the best healthcare advocate that you've ever come across. Because you know why? As mentioned in the first video, When you're not sick anymore, there's no demand. And with no demand, there's no money. And with no money, systems fall. So let's make them change the system. Truly hope y'all continue to spin the block with me as we go from hood health to good health. Peace, bless up, and have a great week, y'all.